0: tonight with all that he's done for us just because he's God not because you're anything not because I'm anything but because of who he is we can stand before him tonight Father we're so honored to be your children Lord so thankful God you called us Lord it seems like when we were going the wrong direction Lord something deep inside began to churn God and you come by our way Father and you begin to establish us and put us on right footing lord solid ground father we're here tonight to receive of your direction lord we're here tonight to receive of your spirit god you would tell us in your word that the sons of god they are led by the spirit of god and Lord, may we not be led by our own humanity or our own selfish desires or our own human makeup, but God, may we come on us tonight and say, Father, we need you to lead us. We need you to guide us. We humble ourselves before you, Father, and we just invite you to have the preeminence tonight. Lord, we love you, and we just commit this service now to you in Jesus' name. If you have your Bibles tonight, I'm going to have you turn to Acts 12. We're going to... I was studying earlier this week, looking at part six of the series that I've been under, undertaking here, and just never really felt the leadership to go that direction. The Lord kind of changed my thought on Saturday. And so Brother Timothy kind of touched on this phase here of Peter on Sunday service. So you that were there, you understood it, you understand where we're going. But the Lord changed my thought, so i just ask one thing tonight. Let's be honest with ourselves. So there'll be things that may be spoken that may be very personal. And I'm speaking to this from a very personal standpoint tonight. Things that I've had to battle, things that I've overcome, things that I've faced. And I know that I can guarantee you, you've faced the same things. So don't think, well, I'm just picking you out and I'm just using you as an example and I'm just preaching at you tonight. That's not the case. Because if that's the case, if that's my heart, then I don't need to be standing behind here tonight. But I believe God laid this on my heart to help all of us. And I'm asking that you'll just be be honest with yourself. And I want to speak to you on a message that I want to call walk out. And we look here and we find here in Acts 12 and verse 3. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison. And he delivered him to four quatrillions of soldiers to keep him intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side, and he raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly and his chains fell off of his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. God bless you. I'll let you have your seats tonight. So we recognize just here, and we're going to kind of jump off. We'll come back to this passage of Scripture here in just a little bit. But I want you to recognize tonight where Peter was at. Because all of us at some point in our our life in our Christian journey we find ourselves in the same place now Peter had been to Pentecost Peter has received the Holy Ghost Peter was a spokesman for the church and yet because Peter was all those things the devil knew exactly what he was going to try to do and after his Pentecostal experience after him becoming the spokesman after him having that Holy Ghost experience yet the enemy came and threw Peter into a prison And I want you to know, just because you have the Holy Ghost tonight, just because you're a son of God and a daughter of God, it doesn't mean that the devil doesn't come and attack us and try to shut you into a prison. Because that's his tactic. That's his desire. That's what his effort, that's what he's trying to do. And we look in Isaiah 59, the Bible tells us, Behold, the hand of the Lord is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither is his ear heavy, that he cannot hear. And in verse 14 of the same passage, And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off, for truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no one, there was no one, there was no judgment, excuse me, and he saw that there was no man, and he wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arms brought salvation unto him and his righteousness and it sustained him for he put on a vengeance as a breastplate a helmet of salvation upon his head and he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and he clad with zeal as a cloak and according to their deeds according as he will repay fury to your adversaries recompense to his enemies to the islands he will repay recompense so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and His glory from the rising of the sun. So when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard. Now many of us here, and I ask you, be honest with yourself tonight. Many of us here at some point in our Christian journey, in our walk with the Lord, we have felt the overwhelming flood of the enemy. We have felt his constant attacks, his bombardments. We have encountered his accusations. We've endured his sickness and all his evil schemes. And sometimes we've even stumbled at some of his tactics. We even entertain his lies. We've even entertained his lies. But you know the best way to win a battle? Now, I've done a lot of World War II reading. I've done a lot of uh, reading on the uh, Native American Indians. But I've realized the number one way to win a battle is to surround your enemy on all sides. You, you attack them from the front. You attack their left flank. You attack their right flank. You ambush them from the rear so they have no retreat. And that's exactly what the enemy tries to do to us as believers. He attacks your mind. He attacks your body. He attacks your family. He attacks your children. He attacks your marriage. He'll attack your church. He'll attack everything that you stand for to get you to, to surrender. Because his focus and his goal is to shut you into a prison. I want you to understand that that's his focus, that's his goal. Nobody here tonight is against you. Not one brother, not one sister, not one mom, not one dad, not one believer is against any other person here tonight. Those present, those on the stream, nobody is here against you. The only one that's against you tonight is your adversary, the enemy. And the Bible already declared, he will be an adversary to your adversary. He will pour out vengeance upon your adversary tonight. Recognize what we're fighting. Recognize who we're fighting. And quit fighting one another. And let's turn our efforts on the enemy tonight. Because his focus and his goal is to shut you into a prison. We find the Bible tells us, for when the enemy shall come in, and we know that there is a, there's a comma there when he comes in like a flood, comma. But I want us to read it like the way as a believer we should read it. When the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood. Think about that. Like a flood, the power God has poured out upon your adversary. Because your sons and daughters of God. See, the Lord would not allow your enemy to get away With attacking his children. He will repay fury to the adversary. Recompense to the enemy. So like a flood. He said he's going to lift up a standard. Now you know the thing about water. Water can change its state. It can be a solid. It can be a gas. And it can be a liquid. Pretty powerful source. And yet you find. If you've ever been to the Grand Canyon. That wasn't created by a sandstorm. That was created by water and it may have started as a trickle but that trickle picked up steam and that water came in there and cut deep canyons into some rocky soil and what am I telling you tonight the power of the Holy Ghost has enough power and authority behind it tonight that it can cut deep canyons into your life and it can go down into the thing, the things that you have suppressed the things that you had put down you have put out of your thought and it can go down to the depths of your soul and begin to discern and withstand and pull up things so that you can get deliverance and It can wash all those sediments out of your life and make you a son and make you a daughter of God. The Bible would tell us in Hebrews that the word of God is sharper, it's quick, and it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God is still a discerner. But yet we are so humanistic that we will walk out of church and say, somebody told them. You're exactly right. That's somebody being the power of the Holy Ghost. He told me on Saturday night to preach this message. So if you get offended tonight, take it up with my God. But we look here, and I want to share some things from my heart tonight. So we find that there's things that we put out of our mind. Things that maybe, things that maybe you, you hurt when you was a child. And it influenced your thinking. It influenced your behavior. It influenced your attitude. And it influenced your actions. And some of you tonight are still trying to overcome those influences. Come on, I ask you to be honest with yourself. Let me tell you, I didn't have the greatest upbringing, Okay. I've shared my testimony with some of you. It wasn't the most flowery bed of ease. But I'm overcoming still yet today things that I endured as a child. Things that I endured. And you know what? And When you're a child, you don't have a mature mind. So you perceive things that are not as though they may actually have been. So you you, you perceive them with an immature mind. and, And it may not be as bad and devastating as you perceive it but yet because it so influenced you in that area and so moved in your life in that area, now there's a wall up. You had built yourself a wall that you can't get over. Maybe somebody said something. Hurt you as a child. Better yet, maybe somebody said something about somebody else. And now your perception of that person is tainted. You'll never see them through the eyes of God with that in your mind. You will only see them with the taintness of that negativity that they put on it. And you know how hard it is as an individual to overcome the negative thought. Maybe you had never met somebody and somebody said something. And that what they said so impressed upon you. You never give that individual the benefit of the doubt. You put a wall on and say, You're not coming into my life. You're not coming into my family. Look, church, I've been guilty. We're all guilty. I ask you to be honest. Be honest with yourself. Because if we're gonna get out of prison, we gotta be honest. If we're planning to get free tonight, we got to be honest. Brother Aaron did a wonderful job last week speaking on one mind, one accord. That's what it's going to take tonight. And we heard a fabulous message again on Sunday about the change, the light, the change. I'm here to tell you, he's able to change your situation tonight. If you'll be honest with yourself and not be under false pretense that I don't need this kind of preaching. So we find, now listen to what Brother Brown says here. Notice Notice now, he says, something, something may have impacted you as a child. It could be laying there for years. Notice, listen to this quote here. This is, whatever he saith unto you, do it. He says, you have a nervous trouble sitting there, don't you, lady? Only you have spells of nervousness that makes you feel like you're going to lose your mind. And you thought you was all alone in that. He says, now, Satan sometimes tells you that you crossed the line. And nobody ever heard that tonight, have you? Oh, you practically, you've been nervous all your life. Notice what he says. You had a scary sort that when you were a child, just a little girl. And now here, he goes, here is you're trying to do something, make beds or something. And you get so nervous that you have to sit down. But you've been praying. You've been trying to be healed. He goes, when this lady was being prayed for just now, you felt something strange come over you. If that is right, raise your hand. If that's true, I've told you the truth. I've never seen you. You're a la- he goes, you're just a lady that's walked up there and sat down. And I tell you, in the name of Jesus, you are healed. Go home. You're well. Notice, it happened to her when she was a child. Maybe a negative thought, maybe a scare, maybe something so impacted her in her youth. But yet now as a young Christian or as a Christian mother or a Christian woman or a Christian father, now you're fighting against something that is so deep. And so far removed from your conscience. But the word of God is still a discerner of the thoughts and and intents of the heart. And he's able to come down with the anointing of the Holy Spirit through a five-fold gifted ministry. And cut those things right out of your life. So that you can rise up and do exactly what the prophet of God said. Go home. You're healed in the name of Jesus. Maybe somebody hurt you. And I know none of y'all here tonight has been hurt. But let's just be honest with ourselves. There's not one of you here tonight that has not been hurt by the maybe by your neighbor. And I'm not talking about the one that lives at the physical address that you live at. I'm talking about the neighbor that's sitting on the pew with you. It's part of humanity, church. It's part of overcoming. It's part of recognizing the enemy and all of his tactics. And recognizing that your brother is not your enemy. But the devil will try to use your brother and maybe use a coarse word. Maybe use an ugly look. Or maybe they just completely ignored you altogether. And now you're offended. See some of these things happen to us. And we have to be careful. See but the word has the ability. To reach down into your life. On a Wednesday night. And begin to cut. Begin to perform surgery. He's got a steady hand. He knows exactly where he's going. See, the Word of God can diagnose the condition way better than any surgeon. And notice, he can go down and he can cut those things and he he exposes your human weaknesses, things that you didn't know laid there because they were so far removed from your conscience. But they hindered you from moving with God. They hindered you from growing. They hindered you from really being born again are taking that next step from walking with a God and giving up your past. Things that you didn't know laid there, they're there. But he's still a discerner of the thoughts and in the intents of the heart. Notice now, Brother Brandon would tell us this and I know I preached this several times before, but we recognize the greatest battle that's ever been fought is the battle of your great matter. You know, you can have great big muscles, Brother Darrell. But that little bit of gray matter, man, it can really it could throw your world, your life for a loop. So the greatest battle that you'll ever face, you may never face an enemy and physically be in confrontation, but you fight a battle in your mind on a daily basis. And notice he said there has to be a place selected, a mutual, a mutual ground, no man's land that they fight here at this place. He said they just don't fight over here and, and one down here and one run over there. He says that there's a battlefront where they meet and they test their powers. So Satan is trying to test his powers against yours. He's trying to test his powers, his reasoning, his doubt, his unbelief against your faith in what you claim to be the message of the hour. He's coming to attack your faith. Oh, you believe God sent a prophet and he's going to attack the message and make you stand or, or run away from it because it comes under attack. Or maybe it be, well, you know, if you've prayed for healing And he attacks your body. He may strike you with cancer. And you prayed and you prayed and you prayed and you're on chemo. You lost your hair and you lost this and you lost that. And yet Satan is there to see whether you truly believe that I am the Lord thy God that heals all thy diseases. So he's testing his powers against your powers. But I want you to know tonight, when you receive the Holy Ghost, that's a power that he can't overcome. That's a test that he can't defeat. And I want to encourage you tonight, don't give up. Just recognize, seek that tonight. More than anything, I need the Holy Ghost. though, no, because when he comes with his test, then you've got to test it to be able to withstand every accusation and trial of the enemy. He said, when this battle started on earth, there had to be a mutual meeting place. There had to be a place selected for the battle to begin, for the battle to rage. That the battleground begins in the human mind. Why? Because decisions are made from that gray matter. So we realize tonight, whether you're young or whether you're old, Satan is attacking your mind. Young people, you face a completely different battle. In the mind than what I will. Or some of the older grandparents will. See the battle's different. When I, I may look at something. I may have a battle. And you may look at me like. Man would you please just get over yourself. But see it's my battle. It's not yours. It's not something that you contend with. And I may look at your battle. I'm like man come on. Pull yourself out of your bootstraps. And get with it. But that's your battle. I don't understand it. I'm not in your battle. But I know that we still all face the same adversary. And we have our own battle. And if we could just step back for a minute. And just have enough compassion for our human brothers and sisters. And recognize we all, everyone here tonight, are facing a battle. And if you're here tonight and say, well, I'm not having a battle in my mind, brother Joe. I'm a good Christian. I'm a righteous man. And I'm just that. You're just a liar. Oh you're just a big fat liar I'm here to tell you I'll call you out tonight Because we all face it Because that's the battleground But I'm here to tell you God doesn't want to leave you there He doesn't want to leave you fighting alone He has come to you on a Wednesday night To declare that he can take you From where you are in the battle of the mind And place you where he desires you to be So our battles are different We struggle different, th- different ways But yet we struggle And the Bible says, encourage one another all the more. Man, if we really put that into action, what about ELT? I'm not saying we're not a lovely church. I'm not saying we're not a church that encourages. But I'm just saying if we would really put that in action... Instead of turning your finger on them and and calling about them and talking about this when Well, so-and-so did this and -and so-and-so did that. And I didn't like the way the pastor did this. And I didn't like the way Brother Joe did that. And I didn't like the way the song leader did this. And I didn't like the way the singers did this. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. If we would just encourage one another, how much further down the road would we be? How much more sincere would we be as a local church body? See, Satan, he knows that you're going to make decisions. There's not one person here tonight that hasn't made a decision, making a decision, or going to make a decision. Because we make decisions. But he knows if he can influence your decisions by the battle of your mind, the decision you make will also bring forth the actions and the words from your tongue. For The Bible tells us, from the abundance of the heart speaketh the mouth. So the things you're dwelling on, things you're thinking on, those things are going to be lived out in your life and confessed out of your mouth. So Satan tries to influence your decision making by putting thoughts in your head. Some of you even here tonight have contemplated leaving this church because you've been hurt. Contemplate, I'm going to move, I'm going to go to another state, I'm going to go to Brother Donnie's, I'm going to go to Brother Ross, I'm going to go to there, I'm going to go here, and it's just got to be better. No, it ain't going to be better because you're going to show up. And you're going to show up with your own human failures, your own human weaknesses, your own human desires, your own complexes. When you show up, it's downhill from there. What am I telling you? Work through the thing today we got to begin to work through issues and work through situations and let God get the glory. When Satan tries to come in and separate, God is here. He's not a separator in that regard. He wants to bind us closer together. When you recognize the devil and every one of his attacks, then you can recognize who's trying to weasel his way into the mist and split the church and divide the people and kill the fellowship and stop the influence from a godly ministry. And yet, God is sending other people to move in here because they're blessed by the ministry. They're blessed by the church. They're blessed by the fellowship. And all you can see is the negative. All you can see is the faults. All you can see is what the devil wants you to see. Take his stinking eyeglasses off tonight and look through the eyeglasses of the Holy Spirit and see what God sees. I've been preaching to you about the seed of God. God sees sons and daughters that are maturing in the faith. Sons and daughters that are displaying his life. Sons and daughters that are in his own image. Quit using or quit allowing yourself to be used by the enemy. The Bible tells us that we're to cast down imagination. Now, I ain't know I know nobody here tonight had any kind of crazy imaginations, have you? Man, we are good at building bridges. Everybody here tonight is an engineer. Brother Mark, not by yourself. Man, we can we can fabricate some stories in our mind. Woo! Man, we can build this and build that and that, brother. I remember one time years ago. Brother Andrew, I'm sorry, but I'm going to use you tonight. Many years ago, before he got married, before he got to the Holy Ghost, I took him to Iowa with me. I was doing up there preaching a lot. And I took him on a trip. And on the way back, he was, Brother Joe, I didn't even think you liked me. Like, why would you think that? Because the devil got in his mind. And he thought, well, because you looked at me at one time on a Sunday, I think it was, you looked at me funny. And I thought, well, he don't like me. I never said it. I said, man, if I didn't like you, you wouldn't be in this car with me right now. On a 13-hour trip there, 13 hour trip back, spending all night in a hotel room. If I didn't like you, you wouldn't be here. But that's how the enemy works. He plays on your weakness. He he battles your mind. But the Bible says we have to cast down those things. you got a part to play in this. Cast those things down. Satan trying to tell you you'll never be healed. Cast it down. Trying to tell you you'll never make it. Cast it down. Trying to tell you you can't have your children. Cast those things down. Rise up and recognize who you are. So the brother Graham tells now the mind accepts the life which is the word of God. And there it brings life. Just your thought doesn't do it. It's not mind over matter. He says, but what is your mind controlled by? It's controlled by your spirit. And the spirit catches the word of God. And that's the thing that has life in it. And it brings life into you. So here tonight, the spirit of God is here moving in the service. And your spirit that's controlled, your mind is controlled by your spirit. And if your spirit can reach up and understand what I'm preaching tonight, that is not my voice, but it's his voice trying to tell you. You can be free tonight and grab hold of that. And it'll bring freedom inside of it. It'll break the shackles off of your life. And you can walk out of this place free tonight. No longer bound. No longer in prison. No longer in shackles but you've got to realize who's trying to speak to you and receive it and let it come inside of you. You have to doubt your doubts. He says that must be accepted into mind, then believe with the heart, then the Word of God becomes a reality. Then every sense of the soul and body is just scoured out by the Holy Ghost. So you've got to believe that it's for you. You got to believe that deliverance is for you. You got to believe that salvation is for you. You got to believe that the Holy Ghost is for you. You got to believe that healing is for you. You got to believe that every person in this church is here for you. I go a lot of places. I'm going to tell you, I've not found a better church. And when I say church, I'm talking about the character of the people. That's not all, Brother Tim. It's not all, brother Timothy, but it's the body. We are, if you just understood what is sitting next to you tonight. As I told y'all last week, what a great people we have here. But you know, all we see sometimes is their faults. We see their failures. Because we see their faces. And they didn't make a pretty face at me. And we get caught up in all the church politics. Who said, she said, this one said. We get all worried about all that frivolous stuff that doesn't matter nothing. Doesn't matter. And what is he trying to do? Trying to influence your decisions. Trying to influence your thought process. Brother Bram says this and now. If he can get you to stop for a minute, if he can get you to stop for a minute, he can make you reason it out. Notice, he can make you think with your mind, but God doesn't use man's head. God chose the heart. So here, Satan uses the head. And the Bible tells us in Proverbs 23, 7, For as he thinketh in his heart, so he it." God chose your heart. So Satan attacks your mind to imprison you to pass failures. To imprison you to regrets. To imprison you to doubts and unbelief. He will make you think that you're lost because you make a mistake. That you never had the Holy Ghost because you stumbled and failed. He makes you think that you've crossed the line and there's no hope for you. Because of things that you did in your past. He tries to get you to reason the word to make you think it's not for me. Now I know I'm just preaching to myself. But let me preach to myself tonight if that's okay. See, Satan tries to get you to to say, oh, well, healing, everybody's getting healed, but it's not for me. And the Holy Ghost is for everybody else. And I see people running and shouting like we did last Wednesday, but it's not for me. I see people, you know, they believe this message, but I'm still on the fence with it. It's not for me. He wants you to think everything negative. Makes you feel that you're not accepted in the local body. That you're not accepted. Nobody likes you. Oh my. So Satan's attack is to what? Disbelieve God's word. So he wants you to disbelieve the word. So what does he do? He attacks the ministry. He attacks the officials of the church. He attacks the church. And you walk through those doors with those devil glasses on and all you see is failure and faults. All you see is negativity. Ooh. I ask you to be honest with yourself. You walk through that door and he crowns you with a critical spirit. <clears throat> All that running and shenanigan up in the house of God. We need to get some order. See, that's how the devil talks. So I'm asking you to recognize who's doing the talking. Recognize that that's not of God. So notice what he says here now. So we find that the the battleground is the mind. That little bit of gray matter houses a whole lot of power. Think of with your mind; it's a powerful organ. It's a powerful weapon. Because notice, man with a powerful mind, has created automobiles, created uh, created airplanes and, and and spaceships, and they've landed on the moon. Man with that gray matter created an iPad that you can FaceTime your brother' or sister, or cross overseas, a family member. So the mind is a powerful weapon. Just think about if you can turn your weapon against your enemy versus allowing him access all the time. See the thoughts that pass through your mind, they're responsible for a lot of things that happen, if not everything, that happens in your life. The things that you're dwelling on, even here tonight as I'm preaching. Notice, see, not all thoughts are equal. Your predominant thoughts, the ones that repeat often, they will influence your behavior. They will influence your attitude. They will affect your actions and your reactions. And they will shape your reality. So when you come into the house of God on a Wednesday night and your attitude ain't in check and your actions ain't in check because your mind ain't in check because you've been dwelling on the negative and you expecting to get something from the house of God. I'm asking you to be honest with yourself tonight and just recognize who it is that you're at war with. Brother Roger, you're not at war with any of us. Brother Mark, we're not at war with you but the devil is at war with all of us. He's got one purpose, one goal, to destroy, 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 destroy. Destroy family, destroy marriages, destroy children, destroy homes, to destroy this church, and to destroy this ministry. And if we could recognize who it is that's attacking, maybe we'll pull our own guns up, pull them back for a little bit, and encourage one another. Notice what the Bible says here in Philippians 4.8. Finally, brother, whatsoever things are true. So let's start with the truth first. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things of honesty, you know, Honesty is a great place to start as well. Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Paul, the first messenger, is telling you tonight quit thinking about the devil's things, quit looking at his lies, quit entertaining all the negativity, and look on these things that are true, that are honest, that are just, that are pure, that are lovely, that have virtue and strength in it and praise in it. He's telling you dwell on these things. Because if you dwell on these things, you won't dwell on the other things. And what you dwell on influences your actions. It influences your tongue. It influences your behavior. Then you wonder why those can jump and shout. Because they're dwelling on the things of God. It puts something inside of them. It makes them want to shout. It makes them want to jump. It makes them respond to the word. But as long as you're beat down and you're dwelling on the negative, you can't rise up let me just say you will not rise up so dwell on the things of God tonight put your focus put your focus on this we must make sure that the things that we're dwelling on that they're godly things pure things honest things notice let me say this tonight and you can't stand between two opinions Okay, you can't be on that fence. The devil built it and he owns it. Okay, well, I'm on the fence. Let me just say this. You can't support the word of God and still entertain lies of the enemy. You understand what I'm telling you tonight? I'm not telling you this to beat you down and draw you in a corner. But I'm telling you, you can't stand between two opinions. You can't say, oh, I want the Holy Ghost. But yet you've got a loose tongue and you're running everybody down. No, when you stand between two opinions, you get spiritual amnesia. And the prophet of God said, and you don't know who you are. And I've been preaching to you over and over trying to declare to you that you are a son of God. That you are a daughter of God. You're not the devil's whipping post. You're not the devil's child. You belong to God. You've always belonged to God. You always will belong to God. And draw yourself on the word of God. Don't stand between two opinions. Stand for this word. Stand for righteousness. Stand for godliness. Stand for truth and honesty tonight. Don't allow the enemy to flood your mind. Well, I'm just going to turn out like my mama. I'm just going to turn out like my daddy. I'm just going to turn out like a failure. Because it runs in my family. No, Somebody's going to break the cycle. Let me tell you. I know all too well about breaking cycles. I stand before you tonight as a cycle breaker. You got to make a choice. You may have to stand against those that you truly love. But I'm going to tell you. When you do. God will stand for you. God will place you. He will establish your feet. But as long as you're entertaining. Oh family matters here. And this issue here. And this issue here. You've got to make a stand. Somebody's got to break the cycle. And it ain't easy. There's a lot of tears that I have shed. Because of choices I had to make. Because I was going to stand for this truth. I got a lovely family. Because I stood for this truth. Because I wasn't going to allow. Influences from others. To influence and impact my childhood. Or uh, attack. Or attach herself to my family tree. And influence in a negative way. Cycle breakers. Chain breakers tonight. Notice the Bible says in 1 Peter 1.13. And I hope you're patient tonight because I'm not worried about time. I'm sorry. I'm just going to get this off my heart tonight. 1 Peter 1.13 says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. So you got to protect your mind. You just think, well, that's just great matter. My IQ's one, it ain't even in the hundreds. Big deal. But the Bible says, gird up the loins of your mind. But see, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, the mind is the bedding ground to the soul. Otherwise, it's the place where things come to life. Your mind. For the mark, if you thought I had something against you, guess what? It'll come to life. And you see me in the hallway, you just turn <clears throat> because you brought it to life. Because it's in the bedding ground of your mind. You young girls, oh my girls, they have a worse time with this than anybody. Dear Jesus, man, they didn't like my post. They didn't like my locket. Or it's what's that? Be real. Nobody clicked on my be real today. Or nobody likes me. We get so caught up. We're in a world that's so caught up with what everybody else thinks. I'm going to tell you, if you want to get caught up with what other people think, think about these people that are sitting next to you. What do they think about you? They're here to support you, young people. They're here to encourage you. They're here to have Bible studies with you. They're here to pray with you. They're here to, to shed tears with you. We're here for you. Don't worry about what the world thinks about you. What the politics think about you. And and what this woke generation is trying to do to you. And the transgender movement trying to come after your kids. You think about what God has done for you. Where God has placed you in a solid church. In a solid family. That loves the Lord. That loves this message. You are a blessed people tonight. So quit looking at the negative in everybody and everything. See the mind is the betting ground. And what you allow in your mind is what you're going to believe. And what you're going to believe is what you're going to produce. And it's going to influence your actions. It's going to influence how you speak to people. How you respond to people. How you respond in church. Notice Luke 6.45 says, A good man out of a good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart speaketh the mouth. Now I'm just going to tell a story on myself. Many of my close friends that are here tonight, they know when I had that hospital job, Ooh, I was a little tear to be around. Brother Aaron told me, he says, we took bets in the parking lot at your house. We were like, we don't know what kind of joke we get in the I guess we're going to see. I'm like, I'm glad you said that after I quit the hospital. But see, because some of us, we're not able to hide our emotions. We're not able to suppress our feelings. And you, Let's just be honest. Some of you knew when you came to my house and I wasn't up for company. I wanted to introvert. And I had to suck it up. You knew it. It was all over my face. But that's that's our humanity. We have to bear with one another. We're not all created extroverts. Not everybody. Look, my, my fellowship meter pegs out. It reaches a spot later in the week. I mean, man, when I, I retired to the hospital, we fellowship so much now. thinking, hey, i got to take a break on Sunday evening. <clears throat> but you young kids, it's like, y'all like to energize a bunny. You just keep on going. <laughs> fellowship tonight, tomorrow night, next night. We have to, oh, we're going to just keep on. We're going to Sonic after church tonight. <laughs> hey, my high word. Run out of gas, please. <laughs> but we find... Sometimes out of the treasure Or out of the abundance of our heart And sometimes we don't mean to be that way Look, I don't intentionally Look, I I do not like When I become that person Okay, let me just be honest with you So you don't think, well brother Joe just loves being ugly Like that when I come to his house Keeps his air on 78 No, we we started cutting it down, thank you very much Put it on 74, it's probably why I got a cold tonight He don't like going over his house. You don't know what you're going to get with Brother Joe. He's like, man, you just flipping a coin and you may get ugly Joe or good Joe. You don't really know what you're going to get. But see, from the abundance of our heart, the things we dwell on. When you dwell on stress, you dwell on negativity, that's all that's going to come forth. When you think, oh, I can't make it. I can't rise up. I'm never going to overcome. I'm never going to achieve. You will never overcome with that confession. And the prophet of God said, never let a negative testimony enter your mind. If you can help it. But he says, if they do, what did he tell us about the former? He said, don't let them roost there. See, that's the thing. You got something to do. And it takes a lot of effort to shoot down the negative. To cast down imagination and all the lies of the enemy. See, Satan presses in your mind to destroy you. Notice what the Bible says in John 10 and verse 10. The thief cometh not but to kill or to steal, to kill, to destroy. But I've come that that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So Satan tries to destroy your fellowship with believers. Pit brother against brother. And we're all striving for the same goal, Brother Tim. We're all striving for a body change. If our hearts as ministers of the gospel, if our hearts are not to help you, shame on us. We need to be at the altar. But we give our lives, we give our time and our efforts to study so God can use us and put words in our mouth and the spirit in our heart to be able to speak things to the body of Christ, to edify and to build you up. We're not here to destroy you. That's the devil. Recognize who he is. So he just tries to destroy fellowship. He tries to destroy your own self-esteem. How you view yourself. Because maybe your past failures. Destroy your relationship with God. Destroy your confidence in God's word. Destroy your confidence in the 5 ministry. Destroy your confidence in a God called pastor. And a God called ministry. See, that's what Satan tries to do. I'm asking you, be honest tonight with yourself. Rebam makes this statement here in Hebrews chapter 7. You people with these saw blade tempers. I know there ain't a person in here with a saw blade temper tonight. You people here with these saw blade tempers. That's always spouting alf in the mouth that somebody can't put up. Things like that. He said, be careful. He says, you're guilty if you speak a word against your brother that's not wrong. So all these dinner conversations because you got hurt. You know, I've been hurt a bunch of times. And I'm sure you have too. I've been hurt by the ministry. Not on purpose. But you can ask one of my, any of my kids, we never speak about the hurt around the dinner table. You never speak about those things. You learn to overcome your hurt. And you recognize that's the enemy. That's not your brother. He didn't intentionally do that. That was not on purpose. But see, Satan's trying to get in your mind, bring that thing down to you to cause division and to destroy. So notice what the prophet of God says here because to me this is a very powerful quote. He goes, if, he goes, you're guilty if you speak a word against your brother that's not right. Let me just say it like this. Whether it even it has a 98% truth to it, if it's spoken in the wrong attitude, you done done the damage. Because what you have done, you've influenced that child sitting around that table. And so now, they're going to have a hard time receiving from the ministry. Now, they're going to question whether, oh, I feel like going up, but I don't know if I can. I don't have confidence in them. He says, go around and tear it down. He says, you don't have to stick a knife in a man's back to kill him. You can break his character and kill him. Kill his influence. Speak against your pastor here. Say something bad about him. You just might as well have shot him. That's a powerful quote. Because there ain't one person in this building tonight that has not never said a negative word against another person. Shame on us. I'm telling you, I'm speaking to myself tonight. Because I want to be right with God. I want to move on. So we got to be careful. But I ask you parents and grandparents. you got to be extraordinarily careful around the dinner table. Yeah, you're going to be hurt. That's part of living. But how you respond to that hurt is a part of Christ. How you overcome in the face of adversity is the true character of a real golly man and golly daughter of God. Amen. But when you go running it down, my brother Joe looked at me, he was in his little attitude. He didn't want me around. Yeah, you're probably right? I felt like in- introverting, and you just brought the extrovert devil out of me. <laughs> and then you go run me down to everybody, and then we have a youth service, and your kids won't even show up. Because you done killed brother Joe's character You destroyed my influence To help your children And when you do that against your pastor You do that against the ministry Then ain't a man on this platform Can help you or help your children Because they don't have confidence You've killed it And you want to blame the ministry You want to blame the church You want to blame somebody else Look when you point one finger You got three pointing back at you I'm asking us To do a self-assessment if this church is going to get in one mind and one accord and let the light change our dimensions that we've been hearing about, church, we got to have a reality check. These things ain't going to happen without effort. But notice now, so Satan will get you to see your failures and he will get you to see everybody else's failures. He will crown you with a critical spirit. You won't move. You won't raise your hand. Oh, but as soon as you get out of that parking lot, you just spat it off. See, your attitude says it all, but it shows what you're dwelling on. So we find out you'll never see the blessings of belonging to a local body. I'm glad that my family and I get to be a part of your lives. I'm so honored to be a part of this ministry team. I'm honored to be a part of this church. Have we all, we've been hurt? Absolutely. But it's still an honor because when I sit and I rub shoulders with you and I have conversations with you and I've seen you struggle and I've seen you overcome and I've seen you weather the attack of the enemy, it gives me faith. Because you failed to give up. Because you're not giving up. But yet when Satan can crown you with a crabbed spirit and a critical spirit, you will not see the good in those that you fellowship with. Those that you worship with, all you will see is a humanity. And let me tell you, our humanity stinks. It stinks. It gets into a way a lot of times. Thankfully, we have short-term memory loss, and you know somebody offended you. You don't see them, and you don't get around them. You made a purpose not to go to the house for three or four months. You let that thing die down a little bit, and you you try again. That's who we are. And I don't say those things in jest to be joking, but I'm saying it because the reality is Satan is against you. And he's against your family. He's against your church. And he's against everything that we stand for. Notice now, let me, let me speed up. I told you, I'm just gonna, if y'all don't mind, I just want to take my time a little bit tonight. So Satan would try to do something and that, that we're all familiar with, and that's put a complex on you. Now this complex here is an emotionally significant ideas that are completely or partly repressed that cause psychic conflict leading to abnormal mental states. Boy, that just sounds wonderful. Don't y'all want to sign up for a complex? Abnormal mental state. Woo, tie me up. But yet, we can believe God for healing. We can believe God for deliverance. We can believe God for, you know, deliverance over smoking, drinking, lying, cussing, uh, depression, nervousness, and fear. But some of y'all, most of us walk in the doors of this church over and over and over. And we pack our complex in here. will not you just pack that thing on up to the altar? Because all it is, is a demonic spirit trying to crown your life with a reality that's false and it's a lie of the enemy. So you find complexes. We all have them. Don't act like you don't. Like I told you, be honest with yourself. So what causes complexes? Parental attitudes and upbringing. Things I just spoke about. Having that dinner table conversation around your kids cause a complex. Maybe negative remarks about somebody, some brother, some sister in a church. Negative comments about the ministry. How they handle the situation or situations. As a child, remember, you like... Mental maturity to be able to truly decipher and filter exactly the conversation. And what it does, it impairs your judgment of that individual for a lifetime. For a lifetime. It takes a lot of effort to look past that and get to know that person for who they are. It takes a lot of effort. Causes, physical defects, disproportional facial features, weight, height, speech defects, vision, things like that, mental limitations. And we find, notice the manifestation of a complex. Withdrawal from social contact. You turn introvert. Excessive seeking for attention. Criticism of others. Over Overly dutiful obedience. Somebody's got to do everything for everything, 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 just constant. Fear. And worry are manifestations of a complex. And the most renowned one is the inferiority complex or the Napoleon complex. You know, he's got the short man syndrome. Overcompensating for something. But see, we all here tonight, if you're honest, if you're honest, you'd raise your hand and say, yes, Brother Joe. Whether you're a child whether you're a mother, whether you're a father, whether you're a grandparent, whether you're single or not, we all have faced complexes. All of us. You're not alone. You say, well, Brother Joe, you need to back that up with a quote. I'm glad you asked me to. I got it right here. Brother in the flashing red light, the sign of his coming. He says, I was making my confession. This is your prophet. I was making my confession of having a complex. Now, your prophet wasn't too much of a man that he couldn't share his heart. And expose his own self and his humanity and say, I was making a confession of having a complex. And I guess if I'd ask tonight in this audience of people, how many here knows you have a complex? He said, practically every hand would go up. He said, there was a handsome young man sitting there. This is in, he cares, do you care? Just in the peak of life, a leader of young men sitting there, Satan bound him. He never noticed, but I took him took my hand left to shake his hands with his right hand to see if some disease had plagued him but there was no sign of vibration coming right out of the room from praying and fasting and waiting on the lord the anointing of the holy spirit was there and that's why it led me led that's why it led us he goes then seeing the shadow of darkness over him notice the complex brings a shadow of darkness that ain't that's not life it's trying to destroy you and kill you he says, I never said what I was doing but in less than a couple moments time it was all gone. The coldness, the coldness of his hands had left and he was shouting and praising God. See how Satan was trying to upset that young man by referring him to some complex. To be built back which the Holy Spirit knew and I seen it by a vision of the Lord. See, but God cared for that man and God cared for that young boy. And I want you to know God cares for you tonight. That's why he changed my thought for tonight. To come and speak to you and walk out. Notice what Brother Brown says here. He says, you don't get a complex by the blood of Jesus. You get love. You get love, not a complex. I'm a little bigger than somebody else. A little better than somebody else. A little no better than somebody else. He goes, you got to get your arms around everybody. It's all on the basis of love. Now, Brother Brown, I'm in the message standing in the gap. He says, Will you do this one favor for me, both here and on tapes, also, you brethren? Pray that God will place in my heart that something that I lost out there in a complex. Wow. What a man of God can come to reality with himself and recognize he lost feeling for the people because of a complex. And if we're not careful, we can lose feeling for one another because of a complex. He says, notice, it's easy to build a complex. He goes, I had an interview the other day with Brother Way sitting here, sitting here in the front front of us, a good man, but he built himself around a complex, another kind of complex, did the same thing. Brother Way, you can easily do it. He goes, you just get to a little something in your mind and you keep thinking on. it." Well everybody's against me You're not good enough Seems like I can't do anything right I don't feel accepted in even like Tabernacle I'm going to find me another church Nobody likes to have me around Well you take that sour look off your face People are going to have you around Just seems that I'm always in the way I don't fit in with anybody Any group If I'm going to have any fellowship I've got to invite them to my house Nobody invites me over I never get invited I don't have a gift Like Sister Jessica Or Brother Timothy Sure can't preach like Brother Tim All this Satan's there, just working on you, Having you compare yourself With somebody else He loves to do that Oh I'm too tall I'm too fat I'm too short My breath stinks Well brush it I'm socially awkward See that's all the attack of the enemy Comparing yourself to others. You know, God placed in every one of us His attributes. His attributes. Your attribute may never stand behind this desk. You may never stand over there and sing. You may never play an instrument. But what God placed in you is essential for the body. Some of you are wonderful hosts. You're wonderful hosts. You invite people at your house all the time. For y'all that don't get invited, well... You missed the invitation. Because some people here open the doors to anybody and everybody. But the Satan will tell you, well, I don't ever get invited. I got to do all the inviting. And some of us don't really know the legwork that goes into hosting a family or hosting the young people or hosting people, period. They do it because they love you, because it's an attribute of God that he deposited in there. But Satan will have you look at somebody else's gift and compare And then you sell yourself short because you can't sing like Sister Laura. Or you can't play the piano like Brother Andrew. You don't run like Sister Laura over here. Or Sister Lana like a gazelle. I mean, oh, oh, I better not do that, huh? But I want you to know tonight we are all essential We are all essential. There would be no ministry at Evening Light Tabernacle if you wasn't in that chair. With your peculiarities and with your attributes of God. But that's placed here so that the ministry can develop those attributes. To help you through hard times. To help you through those complex moments. When you're down on yourself and you're down on everybody else, we're here to encourage You, to lift you up, to help you find a place that you can really have an experience with Him. See, I can tell you my experience, but my experience doesn't do you any good. But you got to have your own experience, you got to meet Him for yourself. And this church and these people have been very conducive. And conductive to the spirit to call him and to pull him down in our midst. And to allow him to penetrate beyond all that humanity. On all those mind battles. And pierce into the depths of your heart. So that you can truly respond to the word of God. So you can live the life that you want to live. But Satan has imprisoned some of you tonight. And I'm going to bring this down here shortly. Satan's imprisoned some of you with a false reality. He's imprisoned you of reality of his own choosing, his own making. And even though you're a Christian, and even though you have the Holy Ghost, yet you still battle things from your past, from negative thoughts others may have put on you, or maybe even hurt feelings that's happened from people even here in this church tonight. Maybe you even battle your own self. You know, the genetics that you were born with. Some of us are hot tempered. God can use it. But you got to make sure we channel that in the right way. But Satan is there. And Brother Bam tells us kill him at the beginning. It's not how long we can let the battle linger. Those negative thoughts come in your mind. Maybe you're not able enough in your own strength. You got a ministry team here at this church. Call us up. Call your brother. Call your sister. Call those that you have confidence in and ask them to pray with you. My wife can tell you there's been many a night that I've laid in bed and I said, Honey, I need you to pray with me because I'm in a battle. Can I just share a personal testimony? And maybe this may show my own weakness and my own humanity. Several months ago, a year ago, I was called full time in the ministry. I thought the doors were going to bust wide open. And for the most part, they did. For a while, I was out two or three times a month for the first seven, eight months. But things started slowing down. And Satan began to work on me and work on my my drive because I'm a very driven person. I got to be busy. I spend four or five hours a day studying in the mornings and I go do something else in the evening and then I have nowhere to preach. I'm like, man, the doors were not opening. And I've allowed a complex to set over me. And what did it do? It it, it just clamped off, shut me down for who I really wanted to be. And at Easter camp, Brother Timothy called me to the back. He texted me, come back here to the back. And I'm just being personal because I told you I'm honest with myself. And I went to the back, and him and Brother Aaron were back there. And I was like, man, what's wrong with you? What's going on with you? You don't seem right. And I was like, you know what? I'm not right. I was honest. Brother Derek, I was honest. Every little thing infuriated me at camp. I sat normally in the middle. I got moved. I was upset. I got booted. And then I got booted and nobody that was supposed to sit there sat there and I got booted for no reason. But see, that's how the devil works. That's how the devil works. Now, Brother Daryl, that's no... Hey, you was doing your job. Good job. You booted me out. I never sat back there again. But that's how the devil works. So because of that, that was not it was not influenced by Brother Darrell. It was not influenced by the ministry. It was influenced by myself and my humanity and my makeup. And because I came with that and didn't push that off, every little thing that I saw rubbed me the wrong way. And I allowed myself to be cheated out of a wonderful youth camp. But in the back room, Brother Timothy called me back to. Her. He says, what's going on with you? And I just opened up my heart. I didn't want to. I'll be honest with you. I didn't want to say nothing. But I did. Because I knew I needed relief. I needed to get out of that prison that I was in. I was shut in there. And it was only killing me. It was only hurting me. It was only hindering me. And he said, Brother Joe, what's wrong with you? I said, man, I've been getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I can't sleep. I'm dwelling on this. I said, you guys are going all over the world preaching. I ain't got an invitation. And it's just, by. and he stopped. He said, Brother Joe, the problem with you is you're so driven. You're, you have to be busy. And Satan has anointed your drive and caused you to get to this point. See, the Spirit of the Lord is still a discerner of the very thoughts and intents of the heart. And he cut there just like that. That's how quick it was, Brother Timothy. And it point, he pinpointed it right there. And then him and Brother Aaron prayed with me. And that thing began to lift off. Now, I could have held that. I could have harbored that. I could have just kept that to myself. And Brother Aaron was like, did I do something? I said, no, it's not about you or anybody. But Brother Timothy, Lord used him to pinpoint what it was. So I had to make a choice. Do you walk out or do you keep it? Do you walk out and be free and enjoy the freedom of the Lord that he brings? Because where the presence of the Lord is, there is liberty. Or do you just hold that to yourself? Because you know what? You don't want nobody to know what you're battling with. Or you don't want the victory and you just want to pet this thing. Remember the maniac that came to Brother Branham in Oregon when he fell over the prophet's feet? They asked him, is he delivered? He said, no. Is he dead? He said, no. He said, what then? He said, he worships that thing. And as long as you worship that complex, and you worship that grudge, and you worship that little feeling, and you worship that depression, and you worship that anxiety, and you worship your failures, you will never get free. So I had to make a choice. Do you walk out? Or do you stay bound? You know, Harriet Tubman made a good comment. She said, I've freed a lot of slaves. She goes, I would have freed a thousand more if they would have only known they were slaves. And I'm telling you tonight, church, if you be honest with yourself and know that you yourself had battled mind battles, struggles in your mind, struggles in your home, struggles in your marriage, struggle in your with your children. If you would just be honest with yourself, we can get free tonight. We can get free tonight. We can get into one mind, one accord, and let that powerful light of the Holy Spirit come and change our disposition. See, when I walked out of that back room at Easter camp, there was a smile that came upon my face because it wasn't Brother Timothy. Hey, he's a smart man, but he ain't that good. God intervened. God dropped down in that back room on a Sunday morning and spoke words of life. Words of life. See, the devil hit me at my weakness. I was very vulnerable and so are you. If you're honest with yourself. If you're truly honest with yourself. That's why the Bible tells us in Hebrews 12, seeing that we're encompassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight. You know, we think about that great cloud of witnesses, and we think about the cloud of witnesses up there. I'm talking about the cloud of witnesses right here. Look at this cloud of witnesses. I'm looking at devil defeaters, I'm looking at men and women. Who have overcome pornography, overcome depression, overcome fear. I'm looking at those that have overcome addictions to to drugs and to alcohol. I'm looking at those that have overcome fear and and ambitions and, and their own selfish desires. Oh, you're talking about being compassed about with a throng of Holy Ghost filled. Devil stomping, no compromising, tongue speaking, praise worshiping, supernatural believing, victory dancing believers. That's what we're crowned about. That's what's thrown around us tonight. Don't worry about the throne of heaven. I'm talking about your brothers and sisters here That are supporting you in your journey Lay all the things aside Every hurt feeling Every negative thought Lay it aside and run this race It's time that you run Quit thinking about quitting Quit thinking about giving up And push on to the battle Push on to the mark of the high calling Keep pressing on Keep running Don't give up Don't back down Don't quit God is on your side We are for you tonight. We're not against you. We're not against one another. But we gotta lay aside every weight, every complex, every doubt, every guilt, every failure. You gotta lay it all aside. And I'm gonna tell you, it's hard. But Christ wants you to be free. Wants you to live free, wants you to walk free, wants you to worship free. He wants you to be free. Now let me bring this down go back to our scripture 12 Acts 12 before we get there as you, when we turn there God's provided way Los Angeles but i said don't make any difference what your past has been some of us say praise God don't make a difference don't make a difference what my past has been when you got an invitation to come you're ready to come If you've been bad, I know some of you cherubs out there don't know what I'm talking about. But if you've been bad, if you've been a street walker, if you've been a gambler, if you've been a drunkard, if you've been a murderer, no matter what you've been, if God gives you an invitation knocking at your heart, he will take care of the rest of it. He said, don't be weary. Well, you say, I'm a lukewarm church member. He will take care of that. Well, some of you old house out there that got a little bit cold, that got a little bit lukewarm, he'll take care of that. You don't got to remain in that condition. You don't have to remain in that critical spirit. No, he'll take care of that. Notice Acts 12 and verse 4. We're going to bring this home. When he had apprehended him, he put him in prison. And these prisons were designed to psychologically and physically torture the prisoner. Prisons often had poor circulation. They lacked hygienic facilities. They had rats and vermin. Most prisoners were in chains. They had chains on their feet, shackles around their hands, sometimes around their neck. Their movements were restricted. Prisons would be designed to strip the prisoner of his dignity. And Satan throws you into a prison of his own choosing to strip your dignity. strip your dignity and if you think I'm talking to you you're absolutely right because I've been behind those bars I've been behind that lie I believed it myself sometimes I thought some of y'all were against me I'm just being honest sometimes you wonder do you have a friend in the world So, yeah, this is coming home. I'm speaking to you tonight. Under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, putting the words in my mouth to tell you, you don't have to be that. See, he throws you into a prison of his own choosing to strip you of all your godliness. Notice now. And Herod would have brought him forth the same night. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bounding with chains. And the keepers before the door kept the prison notice. Now here he was. Peter was bound with chains. One hand he had a chain. Chained to the his right hand, chained to the left hand of a, of a guard. His left hand chained to the right hand of a guard. He was held in bondage. He was held in chain. He had sixteen men watching over him. And what they did, they put guards at the front door, the second door, and the and the the, the, the gate. They had men, and they could, and it was a felony. It was a crime for the guards to go to sleep. They had to be on duty. So I'm here to tell you tonight, as brother Timothy alluded to on Sunday, and I thought it was a great job. He said, it doesn't matter how many guards they got around you, when God wants to step in and God's ready to break those prison bars and God's ready to rescue a son and daughter of God, it don't matter what you're chained to, it don't matter who's holding you captive tonight, he's able to break you loose and free you and liberate you from those chains. He's willing even tonight, church, to forgo your past and say, yes, you're my son, you always was my son. Satan can't hold you when God's coming for you. Here he is, with held bondage. Guards holding him back. But the angel of the Lord came upon him. Notice who came. The angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. Oh, my. And he smote Peter on the side, and that word smoke means a gentle stroke, to arouse him from his sleep. And the Bible would tell us saying arise up quickly. And his chains on a Wednesday night fell off. His chains of humanity fell off. His chains of past failures fell off. His chains, oh, come on. I said, His chains tonight. They said, You can't have your children. Satan's got them. He was a poor parent. He should have done a better job or they'd be in the house of God. Those chains fell off. Those chains saying, Well, what did I do to lose respect? What did I do to you to cause this heart or cause this hardship? Those chains fell off. And no matter what's holding you tonight, I'm here to tell you the chains that Satan has chained you with, they can't hold you because the angel of the Lord came in that room. He came in that prison cell and he's come for you tonight and he's telling you, brother and sister, those chains can't hold you because God's here to liberate you. You don't have to be bound any longer by lies of the enemy, by broken chains. You want to be free? I'm telling you tonight, freedom is here. Liberty is here. Salvation is here. The Holy Ghost is here. The power of God is here. You can be free tonight. You can rise up. I said you can rise up and the chains fall off. And the chains fall off. Those things that once held you, those complexes, those grudges, that unforgiving spirit, those things can fall off tonight, and you can walk out different. You can walk out free tonight. No matter what you're jailed in this evening, keep standing. No matter how many guards are assigned to keep watch over you, musicians come. And I want you to play that song if you would stay. No matter how much fear, no matter how much depression, no matter how much melancholiness. When I begin to study this, I want you to know several of you are on my heart. Several of you are on my heart. And I'm not talking about you young people. I'm talking about some of you mamas, some of you daddies. Some of you that's been in that battle. Some of you been chained by lies. Oh yeah, worried about I'm going to be my mama. I'm going to turn into somebody I don't want to be. Ah, you can walk out. Change her off. Change her off. You can walk out. Peter, gird thyself. Put on your sandals. Why do I got to put on sandals? Because I intend for you to walk. I intend for you to walk out of this cell. Oh, he didn't question. Well, I got guards on my side. You notice how awesome God is? He dropped into that room, and those guards never realized what happened, never realized who was in the room. But Peter did. Peter did. Oh, Sister Debbie, let's walk. That melancholy. Satan says, Well, you know, you can't rise above. This is in your makeup. This is who you are. No, it ain't. Them chains are gone tonight. The chains are gone tonight. That depression that you battle with so much. Walk out. You can be free tonight. Freedom is yours tonight. Just keep standing because you're not the only one. Oh, I'm worried worried about this and I'm worried about that. I'm tore up. My family's going to ruin. I I don't know what I'm going to do. No, just walk. Come on, Sister Crystal. It's time to walk. The Lord led me to you last week and he's led me to you again. It's time to walk. Let's walk out of that prison cell. Walk out of all that doubt and all that unbelief. Walk out. Chains that's held you. Oh, you look back over your family tree, and man, it's not a pretty tree sometimes. But you know what? God is not going to measure you by your family tree. God has got you a new tree. You can walk out tonight. Walk out and be free. Stand here for a moment. What about it, Lily? What about that makeup? I'm not talking about Max Factor. I'm talking about temper and frustration and anxiety and things like that that try to work on us. Don't you want to walk out of that tonight? Walk out of it and be free. Not let those things hold you. Walk out to Take your place. Take your place fast the first chord, and the second chord, Past the outer gate. The Bible said that that outer gate opened freely of its own accord. What about it tonight? He ain't forgot about you. He knows your struggle. He knows those lonely nights. He's been there with you and he put you on my heart just walk out tonight walk out of it some of you said you can't have your kids said you'd done a better job you'd have them Satan's lied to you said if you'd done a better job as a wife you wouldn't have the struggle in your home you'd done a better job as a husband you wouldn't have the struggle in your home just a share and you can walk out tonight. You don't have to worry about those girls. God's got them. God's got them. Oh, I know the lies he put in your mind, put in your head, and you've dwelled on them, worried about them, prayed over them, When is going to happen, When is going to happen. Just walk out. Walk out of that cell tonight of all his lies and all his unbelief and you claim God's promise. God said that they and their offspring shall be there with them. That's the promise of God. That's the word of God. That's what happens when chains fall off and you make a declaration I'm walking. I'm walking out of this life. I'm walking out of this prison cell. Brother Tim, you want to be honest with yourself tonight? We struggle, buddy. It's part of our humanity, but we don't have to stay there. You can walk out tonight with me. Won't you walk out with me tonight? Let those things go. Don't entertain those things anymore. Walk out of that cell. It's okay to be honest with yourself. I've been honest with y'all tonight. Told you about what I've struggled with. We all struggle. But let's just be honest tonight for a few minutes in the presence of God, in the presence of a cloud of witnesses. Sister Sarah, he knows. He knows. He knows about it. But you can walk out of it tonight. You can walk out of it tonight. God knows. Nobody else here knows, but God does. Walk out of that thing tonight. Claim your promise. Claim it tonight. Claim it tonight. What a God we serve, church. I was studying for another message. But God said, I want you to speak walk out tonight and I want you to clear your minds and I want you to accept the promise I want you to accept the promise what He's done for me thousands of dollars a lot of miles in an airplane lack of sleep to bring you to this place so you can walk out five, eight years of derailment destruction Trying to destroy you, but God placed something there for you, brother Tim. Walk out of it and don't walk back into it. You got things that you got to do when you get home. You know what they got to be. But God spoke to you tonight. You don't have to remain in that place. You can go back to Australia different. And I'm here to tell you, you tonight. You can go back to your homes different. You can go back to your families different, brother. Creed is time. It's time to worry about how you were brought up and how this and that and the other. Just walk out tonight. Come on. Walk out and receive victory. Walk out of those prison cells. Walk out of that... Those chains that's held you by, oh, well, I was adopted. Well, big deal. God, God called you, though. God adopted you. Yeah, you was adopted by the family of God. He's adopted you and made you a son of God, and that's who you are. It's what you always was. Don't worry about the chains of unbelief that try to tie you down. Say, well, nobody cared about you. God cared about you. He cared enough to send you to even tonight, like Tabernacle. He cared enough about you to send me your way tonight. God cares about every one of you tonight, church. God cares Caleb You and I had a walk Last year Walked you around the whole Oklahoma camp And you're still free But Satan's trying to tie you back to it But I'm going to encourage you tonight Walk out Step out of your seat tonight and walk out Walk out in your freedom Walk out in that victory Yeah he knows that I know that you know that you can walk out tonight. You can walk out tonight, Katie, because you're called of God. You can't change it, but He can change it. He can change the situation. Just walk out tonight. Walk out of it tonight. Now, I'm going to ask you, I ask you to be honest with yourself. There's men and women standing at this altar tonight. That as I was studying God, put them on my heart. I would have never done this otherwise. But I want to ask you, maybe there's something that's been holding over on you. Satan put you in a prison. And he said, you can't come out. You can't be free. Look at you, you got guards on every corridor of this place you got depression, you got anxiety you got nervousness, you got grudges, you got complexes, you got family cycles you got strains that's coming against you but I want you to walk out tonight the angel of the Lord came to Peter and he said arise quickly gird thyself put on your sandals church and follow me Where are you taking me, Lord? I'm taking you out of this prison. I'm taking you out of that depression. I'm taking you out of that complex. I'm taking you out of that melancholy. I'm taking you out of that fear. I'm taking you out of your failures. I'm taking you out of your past. I'm taking you out of that situation that you've been in. And I'm asking you tonight. Maybe you're just here, I'm a visitor. Now God ordained this night. You feel the pull of God, I want you to just step out of the aisle. Walk out of it, church. Walk out of it. And when you walk, you walk toward freedom. You walk toward freedom. You walk toward liberty. You walk toward a great marriage. You walk toward a healed body. You walk toward a godly husband. You walk toward a godly wife. You walk toward those kids are coming back in the household of God. I want you to, there should not be one person in their seat tonight. We all face those battles. Be honest with yourself tonight. Let's every one of us choose tonight to rededicate our hearts and our lives to God and walk out of these things that try to hold us down, try to keep us shackled with unbelief, try to destroy us and destroy our families and destroy our children. I'm talking to you. It's time to walk out, Eve Light. It's time to walk out, sons and daughters of God. This is your night. You've wanted it. Some of you have been praying for revival. It's time to walk. It's time to walk. Father, Lord, you see every every hand that's raised, every person that stepped out of their seat tonight, Lord. God, as I had studied and oh Lord, I know that this one may be maybe a little touchy speaking on some of these things. And people may think, well, you're just getting personal and you're getting direct and you're you're pointing at me. No, I'm not. I was. Lord I felt that this is the direction you would have us to go tonight God I've faced many a battle I've been wounded I've been scarred God but I still stand here before you because you came you opened my prison cell you told me to arise and Lord I walked and I'm still walking today and Lord and I believe that these brothers and sisters that came forward this evening Lord they heard that same angel of the Lord, that same light that came and changed Peter's situation. One minute he was shackled in prison, the next minute he was knocking on the door. Father, and I believe there's one minute today we may have been in our shackles, but there'd be another minute, Lord. A couple of changes of the sun would be knocking on your door, Father. We'll be knocking on heaven's door, Lord, be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. God, I pray you forgive us where we failed you, Lord. God, I pray you strengthen us in our own humanity when we allow the devil to come and, Lord, the lies to come flood our minds, God. And we fall victim to his deceit, Lord. God, but may we rise up tonight, Lord, as a church body, as a family of believers, as the bride of Jesus Christ. Somebody that's determined, I'm going to be a cycle breaker. I'm going to be a devil destroyer. I'm going to be an overcomer in this time. Because time, I'm taking God at his word tonight. I'm walking out of it. I'm walking out of my past. I'm walking out of my failures. I'm walking out of all these things that's held me bound. And I'm walking toward freedom tonight. Father, you see the needs, you see every heart that's here, and I ask that your blessings were to reside on your people tonight, Lord, I pray that your spirit, Lord God, would rest upon each and every one that made that, dir- that decision, Lord, to get out of their seat, to make a step out of that prison. Bella don't you worry God's got them God's got them God's got them what about it Mimo? not just a church service God led you here tonight man done a lot of things in life a lot of things we regret a lot of things we can't do over but you can walk out tonight. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay in that condition. We're not asking you to fix yesterday. Just make a decision for today. I'm not putting you on notice. But when I heard you were coming, it was on my heart. Walk out. Walk out. Walk out tonight. Brother Mike, the angel of the Lord is here, church. He's present tonight. He's present tonight. He has spoken very personal to many of you tonight, very directly, to let you know that he's mindful. He's mindful. He's a personal God. He came personally to Peter to escort him out of his prison. And he came personally to you tonight to escort you out of yours. Walk out. Elijah, Satan has done everything he can to strip you from the house of God and from God's people and from the family of God. He tried to destroy your confidence in the ministry try to destroy your confidence in this church walk out of it tonight God's called you to be a son of God God's called you to that tonight you're not the lies of the enemy none of you are tonight but you're sons and daughters of God blessed and highly favored, blessed and highly favored.